The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. You ready to record? I'm ready. Are you sure? I am a hundred percent. You've been sitting here for hours as I've toiled yeah, over the notes, yeah. just pulling my hair out. I'm not completely bald, so I have a hat on. Very nice. It's terrible. It's terrible. I I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I lose all of my hair. Well, but you I got do a know. haircut today, so with the hat on, it looks like you really don't have any hair. Yeah. yeah, I'll just surgically like implant a hat onto my head when i finally lose all of my hair thankfully we're 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 a ways off but i can see it happening like you could just get when i'm 31 a hair implant no 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 it's too much work too too difficult it does look quite painful actually yeah no thanks i, I spend have enough... you ever looked up pictures of that no i haven't i don't like i uh, no that that's i don't, I don't even like know if it's really part. called a hair Im- i'm no that's a, that a hair implant isn't the technical term but a hair a lot of transplant. these something yeah maybe i don't know it looks painful though don't look it up actually unless you're really interested in getting one i don't know why someone would that's torture porn no thank you yikes oh well hey everybody welcome to the wolf and bull podcast um which was formerly known as the wolf and bull podcast which is now known as the wolf podcast which is now back to the wolf and bull podcast um the bull i i'm not giving an update we've already given an update everyone knows where he is i think the bull will be back soon that's eventually that's it no just bull will be back soon i'm still stepping in i'm filling in for him while he's and you know wandering the past i give you a solid b plus rating you know you're doing good you're you're really you're bringing the intelligence you're bringing the logic thank you i'm bumping you up to an a minus just because i feel so generous in fact A's is the, you're an A. Now. A minus doesn't. Oh, I'm, oh, even I'm better. bringing you up to an A plus. This is all good news. You know what they say? C's get degrees, A's get. You're down to an F. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have an A. I have no idea where I was going. Yeah, with that. no, it's okay. So before we jump into episode thirty, just a quick reminder. Oh my God, episode thirty. I Threta. am almost thirty in four months. Five months, four yes. months, five months. Uh, yeah, so almost 30. Uh, yippee, I'm almost super old. Uh, if you like what you hear and you think the wolf and bull family should grow, if you think we should grow like a like a parasite, a, just a bacterial growth, I was going to say like a beanstalk like a all the way up to the clouds of potential and you went with parasite. Oh, that's beautiful. If you think we should grow like a beanstalk all the way up to the clouds of potential, you're back to an A+. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Give us a like, uh, potentially a follow on Instagram. And if you're feeling really, 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 really nice, you can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, thanks so much. Hope Hopefully everyone here enjoys the episode. Wow. I feel the pressure now. You better feel the pressure. I mean, you're an A plus, you're holding steady, you know, you're you are a Shiba coin at the end of October right now. Oh, oh no, no, but you know what happened later. Well let's hope we don't get to the crossed Shiba early early December Shiba coin. Mm. 
Yeah, I just. I just and if love, anyone doesn't know what that is, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, no one needs to know. I, I just love. I love the the amount of nonsense that our society just continues to just pump into the system. We're just pumping it, dude. It's a great I love resource. It. It's fantastic. Like she, you, Sheba coins, NFTs. Oh, I love NFTs. You know, Taylor Swift albums. NFTs you know, we, are the just, best. It's fantastic. Scam of the twenty first century. Tax write off. Oh, they are. They're just the best. I it, love. I just love them. I, well, I don't own any and I have not participated oh, you shouldn't. No. at all and I don't plan to, but I just think there's, it's such an interesting, uh, Tim Dillon, one of my favorite comedians has a hilarious bit. I don't even know if it would be a bit. It was a, a part of a podcast he did and it's I highly suggest everyone look it up. It's just, just type in Tim Dillon fake business. And it's hilarious that he predicted this whole thing of NFTs. Well, it's pretty easy to predict. I mean, he's got a good point, but uh, I mean, he's he's also a genius. He's a genius, and he's better than all of us. A um, genius from Long Island. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know. I just I I think as time goes on, the crazier things seem to get, just because I think the mainstream media is so desperate to make everything seem interesting. Um, and oh my God, this last week has been a fun one. There's some topics I'd love to talk about, but those are full episodes in and of themselves. So I think we'll keep it pretty shallow today as we always do on this very in-depth, intellectually stimulating podcast. Mm. And as everyone knows who's listening, we are the number one source for truth and rea- truth and reliability. And what I mean by that is we are the number one source for opinion and bias. So, <laughs> so please, whatever we say, don't take it as you know anything other than me just pretending to sound interesting. The news. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now you're down to a C. Yeah, the bull had that down to the T. And I play music over him because the music sounded better. Because frankly, yeah, I, I mean, there I have so many things at the tips of my fingers with the with the production quality of this podcast. Yes, of um, course. I'm just a I'm a producing genius. What can I say? <laughs> uh, oh my god! Number one is my favorite one I have heard in a long time, and I heard this honestly. I heard this piece of information early November, and I thought it was a joke. You didn't think it was real. I didn't think it was real. Now, granted, we are in December now, so this is kind of an old piece of news, but. I just think it is the funniest thing in the world, mainly because uh, it just leave it to leave it to the Western countries to really just push the needle on the most hilarious bullshit you possibly can think of. So this takes place in a beautiful country. Oh, called North Korea. No, Canada. Sorry. Um, So a professor who claimed to be an indigenous woman called Morning Star Bear uh, has been exposed as an imposter. Right. I, so (laughs) when I first heard this whole thing, I was like, okay, it doesn't seem that bad. It doesn't seem that crazy. Well, one of Canada's top health experts gave a talk in 2019 and she introduced herself as Morning Star Bear and said the spirits of her indigenous ancestors were with her on stage. I also like that. um, It's one thing to be honest and genuine about your heritage and actually wear something that is, you know, native to your culture, country, we know now this person was Faking falsifying it. that and she decided to go full campy, uh, full, uh, full, extremely insulting uh, in well, from what I've seen online from people who are indigenous are saying about this. She wore the, a cape and had a feather and um, I don't know, basically what you would think when you were very young and you were like, what does a native 
of the Northern America where? Oh, this? It was just, she looks ridiculous. <laughs> Especially. How dare you? No. How I, I, dare you? Carrie Barossa, all right? She is in, she's, she's from Canada, my favorite country, Canada. Um, she spoke of a childhood blighted, blighted. By the racism that bedevils Canada, Canada, goddammit, Canada's native communities. I said it once and now I can't stop saying it. So, <laughs> she said she was a part of Bear Clan and she is the professor at the University of Saskatchewan and an employee of the Canadian Institutes of Health Research. Now, she told everybody this from the stage of a TEDx episode. Or I guess uh, events. The, uh, yeah, events, they, they have events, uh, different places, conference. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I I'm not going to read this entire article because it is completely, it's completely hilarious, uh, and it's it's from uh, DNYUZ, is some strange news organization online. Online, um, but I guess the the funniest part that I find about this is that for my question that I have for all this because Miss Barossa, she's 48 years old, and you know she had been. After saying that she's a part of the indigenous community, she had been adopted into the community, you know, um, by a friend of her grandfather's apparently. And, you know, she says this whole thing about her not really being indigenous is a smear campaign and lateral violence. I'm not sure what that, what that means. Um, honestly, I don't know what that means. Um, and, you know, she worked her way up in this really prestigious, you know, position within the Canadian government. Mm -hmm. And no one once thought to check into her background I think at all it 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 goes to say like I think it's a nice the whole story about being taken in and whatever with her grandfather's friend and I don't think there's anything wrong with that and that's great however are we just going off changing our cultural identity as the only qualifier for being the spokesperson in your government for that culture? Because that's apparently what happened here. Well, do you remember, uh, I think it's Rachel Dolezal. Do you remember her? Dolezal, yes, she was a civil rights activist yes, who was in very much not a yeah. black woman who was who saying she, she was, was identifying woman. as a black woman. Yeah, yes. um, I just, I guess my whole point with all, or, or Elizabeth Warren, you know, being like, less than yes i remember uh, some president we once had calling her some disney character right i'm being ambiguous john but smith <laughs> yes um yeah right. I, well you know what's what's so funny about all this and john smith was a historical character okay jenny and so was pocahontas pocahontas right. was a real um, real she was person a real person yes. those people were real and they existed i was just trying to be disney took their story and disnified it and now oh they did yeah, disnify it disnified to the most it. extreme you, way <laughs> yeah look it up you want to see some you, you really want to know what happened there no thank disney you. didn't quite get it correct but yeah they don't really do that with most of their any most of anything really pocahontas um, had a had a tragic had a tragic end unfortunately yeah i'm sure she did um yeah so i guess my whole point and and the the overall arching aspect of why i even brought this up is because it just it's it's a really interesting which it's it's a really interesting instance that seems to be becoming um endemic to western society in which people see a value in identifying as certain individuals or certain groups or certain entities or certain inanimate objects um, in order to garner some sort of social points and mm -hmm. eventual, you know, uh, clout and power and influence and all these things. And uh, when it comes to, um, God, what is her name again? Barossa, Miss Barossa. Yeah, I just, I don't understand how no one at any point in time within the Canadian, you know, uh, 
government or administrations that she was a part of, I don't understand how none of them ever looked into her. Like no one ever researched her background. I no think one that there is a there is a widespread understanding that you shouldn't question well because it would be insulting. Would it be insulting? Because she claimed to be Native American, but apparently her background is Polish, Russian, and Czechoslovakian. Mm-hmm. I, is it more insulting to ask someone what their origin is and actually do research on it when you appoint them purely based on what their identification is? Is that well, more insulting? Hope so. or? We have something called affirmative action in the United States with uh, colleges. And would it be right for me, someone, you know, a, a white person to just mark down whatever minority I wanted on a college application and no one would check? That wouldn't be right. A white person? Yes. <laughs> no, I like. <laughs> Did I, you know? I, yeah, no, I Could couldn't you tell. tell. Couldn't tell. Um, and look, I, I'm not, I guess my, my whole point in bringing this up is it's just a, a very confusing instance of just a ton of uh, people just ignoring common sense. Um, and that seems to really be the case with a lot of things going on right now. Uh, speaking of people who ignore common sense, someone we've talked about for uh, well, like four episodes in a row, Alec Baldwin says, one, that he doesn't care his career is over after the shooting incident. Well, I guess that's um, a good thing. Yeah, he doesn't care. And also in this interview, which I believe was over the weekend or over uh, over the week with ABC News, George Stephanopoulos. I can't even say his name. It's Stephanopoulos, but I'm going to say I'm going to say whatever I want to about this guy because George Stephanopoulos bothers me so much. Um, so he he apparently doesn't feel guilt about murder, um, killing. Uh, murdering is probably not the right term. Uh, killing the um, the individuals that he I did. think that would be that would and be based in if there is uh, charges pressed, then you can decide the murder. It, yeah, would it, it, I don't think it would be murder. I think it would probably be likely, you know, manslaughter uh, from my understanding of the whole situation. Um, but he uh, he doesn't feel guilt and his response to all of this, he, he doesn't care about his career, which I guess that's fine, um, even though it doesn't really make sense that he's jumping on an ABC interview to defend himself. I think... If uh, he doesn't care about his career. This is a... What we're seeing is a collision of... Narcissism and intellect yeah on a yeah i guess that's also a good way to put it but i was going to say we have an actor um a lot of lawyers he's also an executive producer of this movie correct Mm -hmm. i feel like um i number one i'm shocked he didn't interview at all i feel like one of the any lawyer would advise him to uh just say you know i'm shocked and saddened and i I will cooperate fully with the investigation because this investigation is ongoing. And with this interview with Alec Baldwin and the lawsuit with, um, I can't remember her name, but the one who's suing him directly yeah. and named and said he cocked and uh, pulled the trigger. I want to say Hutchins. Was that? Yeah. That was? That, yes. Um, all this information coming out is obviously all contradicting each other. And I think I'm more shocked than anything about the level of deflection he's giving in this interview it's it's honestly chilling but in my opinion also expected um and it's really just devastatingly sad this is now somebody who's saying that they basically are absolved of any guilt at all on any level didn't pull a trigger nothing how he, he doesn't know who pulled the trigger he said no 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 I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull the trigger at them ever but it, it but, it but went... it's also being said that he very deliberately yeah. did so yeah. um i don't know w- what actually happened i was not present but there were lots of people who were and i'm sure that more will come out here and as i've said before in the like, past four times we've talked about this 
this is an ongoing investigation and you and I don't know all the details. No. And, but, and I guess my, my concern about the whole thing and my, my question about the whole thing is like, there comes a certain point, I guess, and I'm, I'm young, right? We're both young. We're, we're, we're young individuals, lively and thriving. We have so much energy, and so and much thriving. out of us, um, which is true. And, and when I look at someone like Alec Baldwin, who is way older than I am, I mean, they'll probably change in short order as time He's like, what, 50-something? Yeah, he's in his 50s. Um, You'd think that at a certain point in time, you'd realize that you've done something so dumb that the best possible thing that you could do from a social or even a small collective group perspective is just admit wrongdoing. Now, I know that any lawyer will tell you don't do that. Right. Um, At the same time, if you don't admit wrongdoing and you're found guilty, the punishment for said thing when it's pretty freaking obvious that you are responsible for whatever happened uh will be exponentially worse well that's my question is um why on earth did he take this interview well exactly he doesn't care about his career but he takes an interview i'm very confused why he took this interview i do not think anyone advised him to i think he probably um i'm sure he has a million people asking for an interview and i think this was his decision i don't know i do not know that for sure obviously but um he also took the time in this interview to kind of shoot back at some actors like George Clooney who said like, why on earth didn't you check it yourself? That's what I've done every time. Well, it time. wasn't his responsibility. Apparently. And he said, well, you know, he's like, it's not necessary to contribute some comment on the situation. And it doesn't help it at all. And I'm like, Alec, don't you have a Twitter? Why are we even talking about this part? You, inserting yourself on something that has nothing to do with them at all. I'm pretty sure that's like... We can find examples of you doing that, too. So it's kind of well, silly. And, and However, it is important because other actors are talking about it because it's part of their job to do these same things. And I'm sure someone like George Clooney is kind of shocked it escalated this far. And yeah. everyone's pretty confused on how this happened. Do I sit here and think that Alec Baldwin wanted to kill this person? No, I don't know. He pulled. The, he he pointed a gun at somebody. That's my opinion. Is that I don't so, think so, that. So I guess the the question that he's I saying have, he didn't though. Then how did exactly. that person get hit? The gun's I don't, I don't muzzle know. was pointed at them. You yes. can't. So here's deflection. What's funny, like look, I the said, funny a thing chilling about, amount of deflection. The funny thing about all this is it's 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 you can't hit someone with a bullet from a gun that's fired if it's not pointed at them. That's the whole premise behind all this. And uh, granted, we talked about this in other episodes. I don't want to harp on it too much. It's just, it's, it's just fucking. It, it, it baffles, it boggles my mind that you have people that exist that are so cowardly. Because he's a coward. He he is not admitting guilt. He literally said in the interview, "I'm not admitting guilt," which in turn means "f you, family of those people who I killed." Um, because I don't feel guilty about it. I don't feel shame about it. I don't feel like I did anything wrong because I didn't do anything wrong. And at the end of the day, I understand that, you know, a lawyer, again, as I would say, you know, a lawyer is going to tell you not to say these things. Um, if you're going to take an interview about something like this, uh, the last thing you do is incriminate yourself by implying that you're not guilty of the thing that you did because it's going to create a media speculation and social speculation on, okay, well, how did the gun kill them if it was in your hand and you don't feel guilt about it? Now it just seems like you're callous towards the death seems like you only care about how it affects you and not the people that you killed. Right. I think that it just seems like doing an interview like this was 
a very bad call. Bad call. Bad call. I I don't know why he did this interview. If someone advised him to do this interview, oh my gosh, you should resign from your position because I think his manager, his agent, his lawyers, I do not think any of them would want to do this. Going on a press tour after something like this, this is not just like no. he tweeted yeah. some bad word. No. Which is bad too, but we're talking about someone's dead. Yeah. I don't understand why he decided to do this. I do not think it made him look good. I know online there's a lot of people saying they felt sorry for him, and I'm like, why do you feel sorry for him? Well, someone's and that, dead, and, that's, and this is something that, and we've talked about this off off the podcast because you know, believe it or not, Beowulf and I have conversations outside of the podcast, and sometimes all the time, every second of I, every day, we, we it's incessant. Talk. It's incessant. Uh, it's over the top. Um, and we, we talk, we've talked about this with certain other instances in society over the last few years, especially because the last few years have just been such a great example of just collective groupthink, group that which turns into group shift about just things that I don't understand why you would defend. Um, one of them right now, obviously, that most people are probably listening to that we're not going to talk about in depth, obviously, is the, the Roe versus Wade stuff, Roe v. Wade stuff going on. Um, but it, it, they're just there's a certain level of degradation that I see occurring with certain things that I don't think people are actively thinking logically about. Um, whether it comes to Alec Baldwin or whether it comes to, you know, some of the major, uh, you know, recent killings by the police or of the police or, you know, stuff that happened overseas. It, it, these defenses don't really make a lot of moral sense. They don't make a lot of ethical sense. Um, not in this, not from the perspective of, okay, well, you know, everyone um, should always be seen as guilty or everyone should always be seen as innocent because you know, obviously our court system is based around innocent until proven guilty, right? So the perspective I take with Baldwin is that, you know, look, he, I don't think that he did it maliciously, but it definitely does not seem good that he pointed the gun at someone. Um, so and now that he's coming out, well, now that he's coming out and saying he doesn't feel any guilt about it, well, that's contradictory to your your... I accidentally did something because I don't know about you, but if I accidentally killed someone, I would feel immense remorse. And so I, I don't know. I just the group shift and the group think by society, which turns into mob rule of uh, guilty or innocent, like with Kyle Rittenhouse. That's a great example as well. Um, and in some instances, uh, you know, some of the other instances that have happened over the last two years, it's just my question is, why is it that people feel the need to defend those that they do not know over things that are implicitly bad from the get-go? Why not take a third-party position on well, it? Well, I'm of the... Think, think about, you know, if someone shoots somebody, they should go to jail and go through the courts. Yes. And a jury of their peers should decide. And... Well, it's all based around context. That's right? why, I, and, and that's my point with Alec Baldwin is I'm not going to sit here and, you know, condemn him as an evil, evil man who wanted to murder this woman. No, and I don't no, think no. so. But I do think that he should be held accountable for something that happened, and everyone else involved too, because it seems to me that it wasn't just Alec on set who was being irresponsible. However, then. Things are decided from there. Yeah, but this also, and I agree, but this also comes down to the individual versus the community, right? So mm -hmm. if, it, and this is like the nature versus nurture argument, like if you're raised in a bad situation as opposed to, you know, uh, raised in a good situation, like does the, the nurturing of that instance imply that you'll do something bad or is it built into you, you know, genetically, yada, yada, yada. Um, the way I look at this is, you know, there does come a point, especially within our 
country and how our country is formulated, not only from a cultural perspective um, that is rapidly shifting, by the way, mm-hmm. on this, but from a from a government perspective of individual autonomy, individual responsibility and the ability to choose for yourself. Now, the collective argument would say, well, yeah, Baldwin isn't responsible. Because he had a whole team of people that were responsible for all this. And he had a whole team mm-hmm. of people that should have been looking at this gun and a whole Very team true. of people. All that, true things. And, and, and the collective argument would state that. The individual argument, which is what all of our laws are based around for the most part, mm-hmm. is uh, he's solely responsible. That's the individual argument. For killing that woman, he would be solely responsible. Now, granted, there could be people that played a part, but he pulled the trigger. Right. Or the trigger went off. But then the muzzle was pointed at that individual by accident or not. That's why there's different degrees of murder and manslaughter and all those things. And that's why, you know, in the instances of some of these hyped up court cases, it's so frustrating some of these 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 charges that are brought by things because it's like at the end of the day, you know, differentiation between first degree and second degree murder is vast. Yeah. It's big difference. Mm-hmm. And they mean different things. And they both come with harsh penalties. It's not like you get a lesser penalty as any sig- at any significant level if you get charged with first degree as opposed to second degree. You'll still go to jail for a long-ass time. And in manslaughter, same thing. So I guess my whole point is like why... I, look, Alec Baldwin is a talented individual. He has a lot of skills when it comes to acting. He's had some great pieces and, and he's had some great skits and great movies. And, you know, for the most part, I've enjoyed some of his work. I do not define him as his work. No. Like, like it's, a, it's such a, a naive, childish way of looking at things. If you're looking at someone as only their work. Like, what if it comes out as, uh, what if it comes out that one day, you know, someone like a, uh, what if it comes out, say, say you know, Winnie the Pooh was a real person. What if it comes out that Winnie the Pooh uh, was cannibalizing children? Like, what, what, we gonna, we gonna pretend that the children's turmoil and suffering is not as great as it would have been otherwise if it wasn't Winnie the Pooh that did that thing? And it's same with Alec Baldwin or same with anyone else. Like, uh, we need to be able to apply the same rhetoric that we otherwise would apply to someone who is not famous to famous people. Mm-hmm. That's how you keep a, a relatively even keel and, and just society. And this whole mob mentality of jump to the quickest conclusion that suits your own bias is not only really dumb but completely and totally counterproductive to the the character of the people that are saying it and i don't think they really care about it i mean i think the shame the shamelessness level uh is just uh into the freaking clouds these days um but it's also completely and totally um counterproductive to to the way we look at each other because now this is just a merit of class it's like what we talked about before is a class system. And I don't know about you. I don't want to live in an incredibly entirely classist society. No. It's not fun. I mean, you can you want an example. I mean, the caste system is a prime one. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, hell, slavery was also a form of class. So, so why is it that we are going backwards when it comes to holding people accountable from, you know, when it comes to the justice system or, and especially when it comes to their own actions? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because cause if I'm walking on the street and Alec Baldwin runs me over with his car, or eh, probably better uh, examples, uh, Kate, Caitlyn Jenner runs me over with her car, and I die, uh, it'll be covered up by all the powers that be, and Caitlyn Jenner will walk away scot-free. In case anyone doesn't know, that basically happened. <laughs> why? That My question is why? I mean, or uh, there's other instances, like O.J. Simpson's great instance. He cut off a woman's head. Like, there is ample evidence to support the fact that he did, and a jury of his peers found that he was innocent. Now, granted, because of that ruling, he is an innocent man according to that ruling. Mm -hmm. So I get that. 
But they found out he was innocent, I would argue, not because he was actually innocent, but because people liked him. That's disgusting. And, and the same thing can be said for anything. If you like someone and they're eating people or they're killing people, or they're stealing from somebody or they're assaulting someone, you shouldn't take the preference of whether you like them over the actual immorality of what they're doing because that would screw you over in the end. What if it was you? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, that's why I, I kind of, I, we've talked about this, but I, I laugh at the whole empathy argument bullshit. It's, it's not, it really, people don't know what empathy is. You can't you can't know if what empathy is unless you've actually been in the same exact position as someone else, and that is just perforated through society. And I think that's why it plays into all these mob rule jump to conclusions. You know, the person's innocent, right? And that goes nicely into the story I wanted to talk about. I, uh, as you know, Wolf, I tend to browse Instagram actually oh, once in a while. You know, yeah. um, I was scrolling through and I saw this screenshot of an article on just it was a random instagram account that does all these like headline stuff and the article headline was father killed his daughter's boyfriend 19 by stuffing him into a trunk of a car and repeatedly stabbing him after discovering he'd sold her to a sex trafficking ring body was found after a year this was an article that was published on november 2nd and um it talks about john eisenman a six-year-old man who's charged with six uh, with a first-degree murder in Spokane. This summer, oh gosh, John Iserman as or Liam Neeson as John Iserman in "I Stabbed My Girlfriend's Boyfriend Because He Sold Her Into Sex Slavery." Right, and this happened in Spokane, Washington. And so I was, I saw this, and I was like, "Whoa, crazy!" And I actually said to you, I said. Hey, did you hear about this story? And I said, Liam Neeson? Yeah, I said, that is just so crazy. So I was looking at this headline, and there was just like a couple bullet points underneath it. It said, like, uh, the juvenile daughter was sold into Mm. a sex trafficking ring in Seattle last year. Mm -hmm. He rescued his daughter in October 2020 and then went after the boyfriend. It's a cesspool. I get it. Yeah, so I'm I'm reading this, (laughs) and I'm like, wow, that's crazy i need to read more about this story because i thought of yeah. the movie taken and yeah. so i actually look it up i know this, exactly who you are this you're was my... the article on the instagram screenshot <laughs> which is still making the rounds you're my daughter's boyfriend <laughs> was from november uh, uh what did i say it I was november 2nd this, anderson Aronson's dad i shouldn't laugh at this well i looked it up actually looked it up as of yeah. today and November or December 2nd, 2021, mm-hmm. the Spokansman, which is the Spokane Review. Yeah. Um, it's a local newspaper in Spokane, uh, Washington, say there is no evidence that the man killed by girlfriend's father was involved in sex tra- trafficking. Suspect was high on meth at the time. And it goes into wow. how this was a totally. Those are relevant things. Well, so this, so it's police versus what he's saying. But but the suspect is apparently saying he was high on methamphetamines. Mm. And it goes into the whole story here. And I went back to that Instagram post. And I looked at the comments. And it's just a bunch of people saying, release him, free him. The mm. dad did the right thing. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Now, the context was very much missing in that mm-hmm. picture. Yeah, he was on However, if I didn't bother to look up the details of the story, I would probably bring that up to people. Did you yeah. hear about that dad who John killed Eis- the boyfriend? You and- think John Eisman 
in I killed my girl's boyfriend because he sold her into sex slavery while I was high on methamphetamine now, was an innocent man. Obviously, yeah, this is again that. an open situation. This mm-hmm. is, this has not been ruled in the court of law yet, so yeah. there's still sure. unanswered things. However, there was way more detail than what was one news source's title. And all of these people on the comment section were saying that this man should be released. Of course, yeah. the police do nothing to help these situations. He only did what he yeah, had the police to do. Suck, you know? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you go further into depth and you find out this, w- this is someone who admitted to being high on meth mm. you at know, the time this happened. You know what? I, I think that I, I think there should be, you know how there's a, that red button where uh, the, the office wasn't from uh, Staples. Like that was easy. Yes. There should be a, Wah, wah, button at the end of everything that everyone gets wrong. No, like, well, well, look, 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 look. I know that I've been outspoken about Alec Baldwin. I've been outspoken about other individuals as well. One thing I can say for a lot of the stuff that's been going on, a lot of the crazy instances, um, I feel incredibly vindicated that I didn't open my trap and I shut up and I didn't say anything because look, as you said a second ago, until proven guilty, John Eisman is a innocent man, right? Mm-hmm. Suspect that his daughter's boyfriend's body was found in his trunk, stabbed multiple times while he was on meth. From Suspect. my understanding, he's admitting he killed him. It's just the reasons why. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. meth probably played a big part in that. Or maybe not. Maybe he, maybe, you know, for all we know, could have been an international sex ring and John Eisman could actually be Liam Neeson. Um, now, I guess my, my point, again, and this, this ties into the, the Alec Baldwin thing. Have people just determined that movies are reality? Is that what it is? Is that what we're going through? Has, have, we, have we reached the singularity, as the Bull and I discussed in one of our earlier episodes? Have we finally reached that singularity where people cannot tell the difference between reality and nonsense? Because, uh, look... Again, as I said a second ago, he's innocent until proven guilty. All right, I'll take that position. Why is it that the first jump to conclusion, when you don't understand the full context of something because you're getting your news from either Twitter or Instagram, Mm -hmm. why is it the first jump to conclusion without doing any research is defend and release? Right. The son is dead. Yeah. This is a like, he, was, the, the he had boy's just graduated dead. high school in 2020. Like like uh, like shoot, uh, I don't know what he did or didn't do. Well, well look, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. He's it, right. dead. Yeah. Like look, God, I don't think people really understand the the actual Does everyone want the purge? Is that what this is? Does everyone want to try the purge? Are we Maybe. are we trying are we attempting as a society subconsciously to make the purge happen? Because I can assure you it's not going to be as fun as it sounds. Because mm-hmm. it didn't sound fun when I watched the movies. And a lot of people are big fans of those movies. So my question is, did, uh, is there some sort of like God complex that's going on that I'm just not a part of the... Am I not a part of that trend? Did I miss the... Did I miss... Like we went from planking to the... the, the, the What was it, The ice challenge or ice bucket challenge to what was it? The the one where everyone danced all at once. Do you remember that oh, one? Um, the Harlem Shake. Yeah, we went to the Harlem Shake. And now, you know, years later, we're now at the God complex challenge where everyone thinks... That they know, like it's with Travis Scott, the same thing. That they know that this person, because they know of them or because they heard something about the story, is innocent. And fuck all the people that are dead. Like, I I, I don't understand. I think that... Um, it's hilarious. It's it, it, From a dark perspective, it is very funny. I think it, it has a lot to do with 
like public shame versus uh, a course correction now for the other direction. There was a book I read by uh, John Ronson called Ron Johnson. John Ronson. Yeah, but I like Ron Johnson better. It's just better. Well, super. it's written by John Ronson, and yeah. it was called "So You've Been Publicly Shamed." Yeah, and it talks about this on the opposite spectrum, like when someone does something that society currently deems as wrong or yeah, inappropriate yeah. Yeah. or offensive and how everyone sort of hops on the, the dog pile and, you know. Yeah, but why? That's, that's Right. Well, that's why I'm recommending this book because what he does is he goes around all over the world and he interviews um, a handful of people who've been through the receiving end of that public shame and the type of people they are and what they've been through and yeah. and just gives a just gives a, a new perspective to situations like that that we don't often see. And I read that book last year actually in 2020 and I remember reading it thinking like what have what have I done? How have I participated in public shame? Because I have. I think we all have on some capacity. Not me. I've never participated in public, public okay. shame. I'm perfect in every way. You publicly shaming Alec Baldwin. That's not who's true. currently an innocent man. No, I said I told you he was innocent. <laughs> anyway, it's I said just he was innocent, but he my question is are we widening the gap in humanity? Well, I, I think a lot of this plays into uh, the real interpretation of how people feel about themselves. I think that there is a big disconnect. Um, I would probably even consider or attribute it to cognitive dissonance in which people think that they themselves are the hero of the story. I've brought this up in other episodes uh, after I read... Um, you mean you're not the main character? No, I'm not. No, uh, neither are you. And you're a main character to me, you know, my life. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that Cue was very off. Kylo Ren of you. You're welcome. You're, you're, you're not special. You're, you're main, nothing. You're the main ex character except to in me. my life. <laughs> you're nothing. Nothing. Um, <laughs> except, except to Adam me. Driver. Yeah, anyway. Join me. Join me. Join me in the talk side. Yeah. My daddy. Daddy problems. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess um, for me, I think there's a big, like a, a large level of, as I said a little bit ago, group think, which turns into group shift, which which is a grouping of people getting together and agreeing on behalf of something because there's a collective and then not wanting to go against the push of that collective and it further rolls down the hill and snowballs into a large uh, predominant way of thinking. A prime example, uh, I guess a good analogy that I could relate it to is probably the the witch trials you know everyone thought there was a witch everywhere like you look at a table wrong in the dark it looks like someone off oh, burn it it's a witch and then it turns out to be a, a table and you don't have a table anymore. And some argue um, that was yeah. a case of mass hysteria which that's what it turns into so i mean you could talk about this for a lot of things um uh, <laughs> there is one going on right now that everyone has been affected by uh it's not necessarily incorrect to say in my opinion that there has some level of mass hysteria that has been going on by world events um, not to say that that thing doesn't exist and the answer to that thing isn't the correct answer, but to say that there has been a lot of um, jockeying positions that really, don't really yeah. care about the outcome and more or less care about what eyes get tied into what they're saying. You or, know when you play like Mario Kart? No, never played never, that Okay, game. well, I, I know you have because yeah, you've lost what is to me what, what is Mario times. Kart? Oh, right. So... <laughs> No, not true. Right. Actually, I usually lose I'm to you. Pro. But you know, um, when you take the 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 automatic off and you're doing a manual Mario Kart game, which what what bullshit is that? By the way, uh, for anyone who has the Nintendo Switch Mario Kart game, uh, apparently there is a child lock on the game from the get go that doesn't allow you, you to go you off the off. track. Well, it, um, you have to look it up. Yeah, you've got to look we it figured up. Figured it out after looking it up. <laughs> but anyway. You know, like when you're playing that game and you, you're playing manual and you kind of 
it's going badly like you're going all no, over the place no. and you're course correcting too hard yeah. over and over again you're just hitting the walls yeah is that like just me it's just you it but feels like, like we've done that a lot the past two years well and you that's it's like the point. intentions are there yeah. the good intentions are there yeah. for the most part not mm. entirely but for the most part and this is just me speaking from my little office in my little house with my whatever qualifications i may or may not have mm. but it feels like there's a lot of hitting the walls and just or just going off the map entirely. Yeah. Um, We're doing and, a lot of rainbow roading right now. Oh, I'm so good at that. I'm so good at that map. First place consecutively all the time. Um, it, I, yeah, I think that's a good, accurate analysis. And, and and look, I understand that people want to feel some sort of validation in their personal bias. I get it. You know, I do. You do. Everyone does. Um, the funny thing about all that, and this is, as it has always been said, by a myriad of very intelligent and some of which very dumb people, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, because the intentions are not what matters. The end result is what matters. And when it comes to, you know, things like, you know, Alec Baldwin or when it comes to this guy, you know, who Liam Neeson, his daughter's boyfriend. Um, so he says. So he says, which, it, I mean, it sounds really familiar to Liam Neeson. I mean, it's taken it. Did he watch the movie before he did it? He might um, have. Yeah, which, well, he's on meth. Um, so I, I guess the point is I, you got to find your identity in something else. Stop mm. finding your identity in the collective. Because you won't find your individual identity in the collective. It, it is impossible. And the collective, nine times out of ten about almost everything is incorrect. About almost everything. And you can take this from you can take this from a scientific standpoint historically. I mean, look at look at <laughs> look at uh look at the uh, belief that there was uh, such thing as atoms and matter. You know who thought that that wasn't real? Everybody. Until they were proven wrong. Or I don't know, uh flight? You ever remember any of the stories of people Wasn't who said uh, the, well, the 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 Orville? Yeah, um, God, I'm, what am I? Bla- I'm blanking. Orville brothers. Yeah, the Orville. Or no, no, no. The, Wilbur yes. and Orville Wright, the Wright brothers. Wright brothers. I yeah. Think of <laughs> Orville Redenbacher. I know. Think of like, popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> like popcorn. Yeah, I just got freaking. Uh, <laughs> well, is, no, is someone advertising to us right now? Wasn't <laughs> Galileo labeled a heretic? Yes, and and so uh, the way I look at it is, and, and it, it, it's an unbelievably unbelievably impressive the last two years the disparity between people who just go along with the group and don't question anything and as time gets on crazier and crazier and things get crazier and crazier they start to say oh wait a second we're on the wrong side and the people that say oh yeah no that doesn't make any sense at all the disparity between those groups is unbelievable right now there's a you can see it on their faces yeah their physical faces you can see it on their faces that's what's so funny about it. Now, look, mm-hmm. I'm not attributing that people shouldn't do what they want to do. That is not what I'm saying at all. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do in this country for the most part, as long as you're not harming other people. Well, interesting enough, as long as you're not personally harming other people, but certain narratives, certain ideas are collectively harming everybody. And, and that's why now, I, now it comes down to what is your definition of harm? Oh, exactly. Well, the definition of harm can Offense? be anything. It can be anything these is days. Is it offending you? It can be anything. Uh, you know, it, offending me could be harmful. But that's burning, my, that's but, my. But burning my down question. a building what is, our is defini- not violence. What is our definition of harm? Maybe we don't need to go into that right it, now. But that is totally the question. subjective. It's like exactly. Pain. It's, it's all subjective. subjective, and that's why. Um, I feel like that's why we have such an identity crisis going on in our country right well, now. Well, you know, I think, you know, to, to segue into our topic, I think we have a sadness crisis. That's what I think. Yeah. I think that the 21st century is coded in the beauties and the awe-inspiring uh, just effects of technology and the opaqueness of desperation and loneliness and sadness. 
And I think that's the problem we're experiencing. I think people are losing their humanity because they have lost any sense of purpose. They've lost any sense of understanding that they and the people around them are valuable. Um, they have become or chosen to actively become through social media and technology and through, um, you know, the active choice of making decisions that, you know, isolates them. Uh, they've chosen to uh, forego their humanity. And, and, and I know that it sounds hyperbolic. I know it, it, there's a little bit of hyperbole there. Um, with that being said, I don't know of any time that I've been alive where, you know, when something happens to somebody, people take out their phone and film instead of help. And there's, uh, there, there is, I, I agree with you, but I also think there is a degree here of um, just how technology is advanced. I mean, just considering your, my situation, we graduated high school at a time where the, the camera phone really was taking off. You were able to actually access social media mm. at all, all hours of the day, no matter where you were. Um, we were definitely at the, our demographic, our age group was right at the bridge, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. So... I think we've been really been able to have that connection to a time before this still where, you know, the next generation, Gen Z, we would we would be millennials. So yeah. Gen Z does not have that connection in the same way we do. So I think that's part of it. However, I agree with what you're saying, because I've seen that and where, um, you know, some somebody is uh, just just for example, we do not need to go into any further detail but you know protests people taking fun photos of themselves at protests just for well, the brownie clout. points on yeah. social clout and while i think you have a right to protest and that needs to be protected at the same time what is what is the intention is it to have social clout or is it to make a change and you want to hope that people are doing it for positive reasons well the, the problem though and and this is something that i think people are finding out as time goes on that the the buzzwords um change um mm -hmm. there's a few other ones that people just say these days uh, justice yeah. um injustice mm -hmm. these these words that are very broad and both sides um, of the political sides. spectrum play into them heavily across, across the board heavily um these these buzzwords they 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 don't mean anything like, look, look, justice isn't justice if the wrong person is convicted. Justice isn't justice if it's immoral. Justice, and what I mean, look, people say, oh, morality is subjective. Not really. It's not. I mean, everyone can collectively agree on a few different things. You probably shouldn't steal from somebody. You probably shouldn't kill people. Mm -hmm. You probably shouldn't assault people. You probably shouldn't rape people. Mm -hmm. Those are a myriad of things everyone can kind of collectively agree on. There's some outliers, obviously. Um, but I, I think uh, back, you know, to my, my whole sadness, you know, aspect of this thing. You know, the question I have to have for my for the viewers or the listeners, um, listeners in this instance, because we're not that advanced yet. And I'm just waiting on that, 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 <laughs> that subsidy from the government. Um, you know, are you happy? Are you fulfilled? You know, do you matter? Do others matter? I think these are things that people don't ask themselves enough because they are they're afraid of asking themselves those questions because they're hard questions to ask. Because if the answer is no, for a lot of people, they lose what many would deem to be any semblance of hope. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be the case. Life isn't, a, it is not a, you know, a, a one instance all or nothing factor. There are going to be times where you don't feel good, where you're not happy, where you're angry, where you're, you're feeling things of hope, feeling senses of hopelessness. And in that moment, you're not supposed to just become apathetic Right. That's that's like with the that's like the when we watched that uh po that uh documentary a little bit ago about the the um 
the lies of the sugar industry or what, what the, the no the lies of uh, f- fat saturated uh, fat. fat fiction and and and, and so we've popularized um pride so much to the degree that we are actively cheering on people who are eating themselves to death I, I, that's the reality of the situation. Now, some of them have medical issues, but it's it's like uh, same with a uh, same with um you know uh, God. There's uh, so many examples. These if days. you want to go the opposite direction, how about the people who go to the gym for aesthetic reasons and take steroids? A hundred percent. Same exact. Uh, I mean, same. and 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 it's or cheering on people for for not taking care of themselves or starving themselves to look like a or, magazine or, or reality TV, all, three all of that these stuff. Are the same. There's a myriad of them. I mean, you and we can talk about like the there's a lot of other taboo ones that I could bring up that would probably give me fucking hate from everybody and frankly i don't care i'm at this point where i've been so black pilled by everything and i've told you this that it's these are all games that society plays like like uh, like the 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 recent one with the roe v wade thing look that's fine you know you want to live the life you want to live that's fine don't infringe your beliefs on others because you don't want people to do it to you right and that's the position that we should have about almost everything now there's some technicalities with roe v wade specifically that I'm not going to go into because you have to talk about the whole case and I have to give context. Again, my position on this as it was originally when it was ruled in the 70s, safe, legal, rare. That's my position on it. Always will be my position on it. And if anyone wants to fight me on that, go ahead and read the fucking, just read about it historically. Literally read about it. And tell me that what is going on right now in our society of the high, high, the, the extreme overcorrection that you mentioned a second ago. Tell me that that's good long term. Because it's not. It's same thing with, uh, you know, people cheering on the, 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 the you know, uh, any size is beautiful. Sure. No one has ever, ever, ever said that that's not the case. And if they are, they're pieces of shit. Humans are beautiful across the board. But don't cheer them on so much that they're going to die at 35 because they're 800 pounds. There's a reality TV show about that. Mm-hmm. And and we, we 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 do these things for entertainment purposes. I get it, entertainment, right? And and, and there's a lot of entertainment here, and I I, I seem frustrated about it because I am, um, because it's it's just it's sad. It, it, you take away all the the frivols, the 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 frivolities, the the, the the silliness to things, and there is a such a high level of desperate need for validation on things that don't matter. I think that. I can see a personal um, example of this with social media, especially since I think I had my first social media account. It must have been MySpace. I don't know. Middle with school. With Tom. MySpace with yes. Tom. Um, he played it right. He dipped. Uh, yeah, he did smart the right man. thing. Smart man. Um, and soon after that, it was Facebook and then, you know, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Jack Dorsey. I've, funny, I've funny, funny. stayed away from some of the new ones, but you, I can see a distinct change in um, how, right. And I think that still in some ways I struggle with it and have to ask myself questions today about how much do you really care about this or that or what? Anyone says, for example, they took the, uh, I think they took the likes away off Instagram just for recently, some people. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just recently, they, are they all YouTube. gone now? Yeah. Off of the, the people that have it can see it uh, from my understanding, but off YouTube, they've taken likes as well. They've taken it away. Okay. Dislikes as well. Um, I have not had likes on my Instagram. And I don't know if I was just chosen as a beta for like almost three years. I can't yeah. see personally on my Instagram. I can't see how many people have liked any photo except my own. 
And I liked that experience a lot better. Liked. <laughs> I liked it better because I wasn't thinking about numbers. Peak pun. That and that is incredible. exactly what Instagram was looking for. They were thinking they probably saw, uh, they probably analyzed the data that I've compiled on the social media platform. And they said, this person is much more likely to spend time on our platform if she can't see likes. You disagree with me? Uh, I don't think that you're incorrect. I think that you're attributing too much logic to public companies. Well, their goal, no matter what or who you is screen are, time. is screen time. Yeah, it's a gambling thing. There's a whole premise. There's been studies about how these social media organizations and their platforms are actually created, much like casinos, mm -hmm. to have you gamble and become a addicted well, to wasting time. What I was what I was going what I was going into is my personal example is about 4 or 5 months ago I made the decision to really limit my screen time mm -hmm. specifically on Instagram which was like the social media platform I was spending the most time and I actually put the limit you can do if you have an iPhone I know how to you can, do it on Android you can probably too. do it on Android too. It's yeah. Through the app. It's through the app? Yeah. Okay, well on the on the apple iphone you can actually just go to your settings and you can limit apps so well, it will shut okay, off yeah, and it I mean. gives you an option yeah. to where you can turn it off for the day or five more minutes or one more minute etc but i put it so that i would spend no longer than 30 minutes a day on instagram mm -hmm. now i am somebody who does have to use instagram for work sometimes so sometimes i have to do the full sometimes 30 sometimes you indulge Sometimes, sometimes you, I indulge. Yeah, it's like a glass five of wine hours, with dinner. Thirty minutes goes to five hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. But but Doing my my work. point is, yeah. now I also specifically am aware of how much time I've spent in sure. a way that I wasn't before. So even if I for some reason do decide to add another five minutes to my thirty, or even just turn it off for the mm. day, usually I just turn it off and I'm say I'm done. Well, or or sometimes I don't hit it at all. And I'm like wow. Yeah. But being aware of that has actually made me feel better about certain aspects of my life because I'm no longer spending so much time in other people's not their actual lives but the the cover the yeah. cover sheet of their lives which it's not even is a cover the, sheet it's not, not even, even. Sheet. like it's, no one's gonna look through your look it, it would be really funny actually that if they did uh but no one's gonna stream through your youtube watch list or your YouTube channel. No one's going to turn on my podcast or or look through my Instagram friends list or my posts or my Twitter, you know, I guess little blog ideas uh, that it's a, considered technically a, a micro blog site, um, which is interesting. Um, but uh, no one's going to do that at my funeral. Like, it's not like they're going to put on here. Here was the wolf's post from October. October 22nd, 2018. Like no one's no one's going to do that. And so uh, and I think this ties into this sadness that I'm seeing because, the, the, and we've talked yeah. about this before um, on the podcast. It, it, their data is fungible, and it's very interesting how fungible data is because you can you can make you can from any perspective make something seem just like with conversation and and context. You can make something seem any certain way based on how you phrase something. And I think there's a been a, a per proliferation of, of companies that have made it their point to create positivity, quote unquote, uh, about things that uh, don't really exist. Um, one of which, in my opinion, is called the the uh, the World Happiness Report. Mm. Um, so, so happiness is totally subjective. And it's like when you ask someone um, and we can we can look at metrics like we can look at like like like, you know, quality of life and and, you know, what they have and, and, and income and all those things. We can look at all those things. Uh, those are, I, I guess, correlative properties of happiness, I guess. 
but I mean, I could ask you. It's like with conversation. You know, the, 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 the thing in the United States, the big thing is, you know, hey, how's it going? You say fine. Right. You're obviously not going to throw, and nor should you throw your emotional baggage on a stranger. And rarely um, does anyone actually do something. And no one like cares. Because they here, find it rude. Yeah, but here's the thing is no one cares. They're not really asking how your day is going. They're saying hi. Yeah. And, and so when it comes to the, you know, happiness, I, I feel like the, the world happiness report, uh, there's probably some data metrics there that are a little squirrely. Um, and I'm surprised it's even a thing, frankly. Um, but, you know, as of March of 2021, the United States. The second wealthiest country, by the way, according to uh, November nineteenth of this year, because China has just surpassed surpassed us. I was gonna say um, e, the second how happiest the second wealthiest country in the world is the fourteenth happiest country in the world. Um, mm. Now, were they this, always fourteen? No, no, no. They were eighteenth in twenty nineteen. So this occurred during a pandemic. Interesting. Um, which again is why I think this this information is a little little fucked um, because. I don't know about you, but I my happiness levels have been very all over the place these last two years, and I, think I wouldn't it's more att- volatile than well, it's been. I before. wouldn't attribute it to the virus that must might not be named um, for sake of being removed entirely and scrubbed from the the ethers of the internet. Um, I wouldn't attribute it solely to that, but I would attribute it all to that. Um, <laughs> Not solely, no. but all. Now, obviously, as I said, you know this this report is probably bunk. Okay, these are things that organizations release to make people feel better about certain it's things. Fungible. Um, it's fungible. Totally fungible. And uh, you know, there's the world's twentieth happiest countries. Uh, number one, obviously, is Finland. I, I don't even know why I say obviously. Why, why? It's a cold place. Really fucking cold. Um, number two is Iceland. Number three is Denmark. Number four is Switzerland. Number five is the Netherlands. Number six is Sweden. Number seven is Germany. Number eight is Norway. Let's stop right there. Hard stop. Is there an argument that has been going around about how wonderful all of those countries are to live in? Yes, there is. And is there a interesting government structure that people seem oh so enticed by that a lot of those countries claim to be? Mm-hmm. That's why I say this report is total bunk. Because look, most of those countries, a good portion of those countries, have incredibly high, incredibly high incomes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Cost of living is probably lower in these, some areas these Nordic or higher. Countries for for certain, they're also socialists. They're socialist countries. And look, I have no problem with socialism on paper. It sounds fantastic. Not a very good track record. Um, kind of like that of the gremlin. Remember that car from the 70s that would explode just randomly? You buy it, go off the, you know, I got a car for like $10. Drive home, get to, you're on your way home to your parents' house. All of a sudden, the engine in the car explodes and you die. Kind of like that. And now people, you know, <laughs> granted, I'd probably get so much flack <laughs> about this. And I frankly don't care. Uh, I don't think, in my opinion, that we have the perfect encapsulation of how we do things here i don't i think there could be better ways of doing things but i just think that from that perspective of those eight countries all of them being nordic pretty hilarious to me um now i i think that that every government um type or ideology mm. has its pros and cons however uh also all those countries are like 98 percent caucasian yeah yeah weird um and i don't mean that detrimentally to minorities what i mean is it's really easy to get fungible data from a single control group that has no deviancy right like okay you're asking the same person over and over and over again the same thing over and over and over and over and over again 
Um, and same thing with New Zealand, which is number nine. Um, they're not Nordic, um, but they're also all by themselves. And I find myself the most happiest when I'm all by myself, frankly. So I get it. Um, Austria is 10. Uh, Israel is 11th. That's interesting. Um, Australia is 12th. Also very interesting. Um, this happened, by the way. This report was taken, by the way, in the middle of a pandemic. And if you've been following any world news, Australia is a very unique, strange place right now. Australia has been going through it. Now, the only one, the only one that I think is accurate at all is is number 13, Ireland. I think Ireland should be higher. Ireland should be number one. (laughs) And I'm biased. We're big Ireland fans. We're Irish here. Uh, I am biased. I'm incredibly biased, biased about this. And, you know, I'm going to take the position of Elizabeth Warren with Native Americans. I am Irish. Um, well, more so than she is Native American. <laughs> I was going right? to say. You Maybe have... about like 17% more so. Because <laughs> she's like 0.0000001%. Um, so I guess uh, my whole point in bringing this up, because, you know, the last few years, you have conversations with, uh, you know, people in our demographic. You have conversations with people who are Gen Zers. Uh, I think apathy has been just uh, off the charts when it comes to anything. Everyone thinks the system's broken. Everyone thinks that certain instances um, that we should have some level of trust in are completely untrustworthy. Uh, no one told you to have level of trust in those instances. Uh, that's, that's not... No one ever said you should. And if you believed them, I'm sorry, shame on you. I mean, mm-hmm. y- y- that's just the way it is. Um, now, what's interesting, the oddity of you know us being number 14 on this happiness scale... Uh, after Ireland. After Ireland, which is number one. So technically, we're number two. Um, no, we're number 14. 18. Uh, we're, we're 20th. Um, what's also interesting about this is we're also 24th as of 21, uh, 2021 this year, uh, according to World Population Review, probably another bunk website, um, when it comes to the suicide rate. Why did mm. I say suicide that way? Sui- suicide. Um, we're number 24th in the world when it comes to suicide rate. So it's, it sits at a blended rate of about 16.1 suicides per 100,000 people. Interestingly enough, uh, male population is at 25 per 100,000. And the female, oh, well, they, those don't exist anymore. Um, the non-males, uh, they're at 7.5. Yeah, there's um I know there's I I can't reference anything but, uh, off the top of my head, but I know there's a lot of studies on why the male suicide rate is so high mm. in oh, so many places mm. and it's just and it's a little alarming how high it is comparatively yeah. to female. Well, I mean I am evil, so it it makes total sense that, you know, it would make it makes sense. It makes sense. Um so I guess my whole point in all this is that it's just it, 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 this this these two studies don't make a lot of sense to me from a common sense perspective. Again, I think the the data is very fungible. Just from now, granted, this probably plays in my and this own. was at a rate. This wasn't like number yeah, no. of people. It's not. So. Yeah. So this is this is um, my availability bias probably plays into this a little bit. You know, I, uh, I obviously the people I know. There's there's happiness and sadness all over the place. And it fluctuates. Um, but from a perspective of genuine contentedness, I don't see a lot of it. And the reason I say that is because it strikes me when I do. Mm-hmm. Normally, when, you, when, when, we, when we see things that pop out to us in the broad scheme of things, it's because they're rare. Right. And it's with anything. And that's why, I mean, that's why the news talks about certain things. That's why people, you know, write studies on certain things. No one really gives a shit about, you know, how many um, studies we can do on how many ants are in the world. Because there's so many ants. 
Ants are fascinating. Now, an interesting study about ants would be whether or not one or two of them, if merged together in a transformer-type way and then compounded, could create a super ant. That would be an interesting study because it's a rare thing and unlikely to happen. So, you know, these 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 studies about happiness, take them with a grain of salt. But one thing I can say is I, I do think that there is a major issue. And I, I think that plays into a lot of other major issues as well. You know, you've got a group of individuals who don't really and probably couldn't accurately tell you why they exist and what their purpose is. And we've talked about this in the podcast, Purpose, multiple times. I think purpose is the byproduct of something else. And that something else is is uh, the the fulfillment of self, meaning feeling fulfilled, understanding yourself, understanding what your perceptions are and your needs are, and where the value hierarchy um, sits with you. You know what you need in your life to fulfill you. I think that you know purpose is a byproduct of that. Because, you know, and purpose can be anything. A lot, For some reason, people have this, this belief that it has to be this some ethereal, you know, I woke up one day and I, I realized that I am the only person that can solve whether or not mint chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream is actually good. That was so funny. Like, I thought like, you were doing a Michael Scott where he just no. keeps talking and no, doesn't no, no, no. know where the end of the sentence yeah, is going. Uh, keep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I guess my, my point is... It, it's just interesting to me that we make the things that are otherwise not complicated complicated. Sadness being one of them. Uh oh, big yawn. Uh, if you're sorry. sad, if you're sad, talk to someone about it. If you feel empty, find something by talking to other people who you trust that fills that emptiness. Everyone feels it. I just think it's odd that the United States is one of the wealthiest countries in the world. I mean, when I say odd, I guess it makes sense. It's number not two. Odd. We're number two. And we're just so seemingly dissatisfied with existence. Well, it, in, in tandem with that, you know, along with the dissatisfaction comes the extremes of, uh, of you know, um, heresy um, and debauchery and, and you know, just, uh, uh, um, um, just a, a plethora of, of issues that are otherwise only issues because everyone over the years has said, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that because over time we've realized through trial and error that it's not a good thing to do. Like letting people go if they've killed someone. Like you probably shouldn't do that. I don't know what else to tell people. If someone's a murderer, you keep them locked away from you because you could be murdered by them. Great quote. It is. If someone's a murderer, keep them locked away from you. <laughs> The Wolf 2021. There we go. Um, now, uh, in addition to these other these these fungible weird studies, uh, according to a relatively recent article from Norman Transcripts, suicides in the United States have climbed to the highest point since 2006. Now, yeah. last time I checked, 2006 was an interesting year. Mm. That was the year Rock of Love came out. Exactly. On VH1. That's my point. <laughs> I thought about it. I did. When it came out to VH1, I thought about it real hard after watching episode one. Actually, I'm not. I'm not sure that came out in 2006. But we're gonna pretend that it did because that's funny. It might have. Um, Let me check. Now, just for everyone listening, the bull looks exactly like Bright Michaels. Just saying. Um, So funny. Now he does look a lot like him. 
again, it is interesting that the United States being one of the wealthiest countries in the world has the highest level or seemingly one of the highest levels of suicide um, and is not sitting at the higher points in the happiness scale. 2007, by the way, but continue. Oh, shit. We were wrong. We were wrong. Dang it. As I've said before, this is the most inaccurate podcast you could ever listen to. We check. But that's why the Um, that's why the suicide rate got better because rock of love yeah there we the go year. that's better yeah <laughs> exactly go. um now I, again this is all hyperbolic we are we are making light of a very sad situation it's here. a terrible situation um, it's devastating and and for a lot of individuals and i've had you know family members have you know this instance i've had family members commit suicide and things like that so i understand where you know i've had friends have friends who've done it so i i have experienced it it's not a good time i would would not recommend 100 out of 100 wouldn't recommend zero, zero out, out of 100, 100. No, for uh, for the would not recommend scale, one hundred out of one hundred. Zero out of hundred for the recommend scale. I think it's a tragedy for the person, and it's a tragedy for everyone around them too. Yeah, and and so you know, it, it's just it's it's an interesting thing that I think people don't spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, now, this is something I found from twenty seventeen. I don't think there's a more recent study study, but according to the most accurate institution in all of the world, uh, the WHO, the WHO, the World Health Organization, mm. never been wrong about anything ever, um, ever. Uh, Indian or Indian God, India uh, is number one when it comes to the most depressed countries in the world, according to the WHO. Um, they now I could probably attribute some of their extreme poverty and caste system to that mm-hmm. um, and their inability to move up the caste system as easily as some other areas without a caste system. Um, number two is China. Now, there is something that I could attribute it to that is blatantly obvious, but I would be biased. So I'm not going to say it. Communism. Um, And number three, the United States. Uh, We are number three on the list of most depressed countries in the world. So we're number three and most depressed and number four on our happiest? Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's fungible. So I think the data is bullshit. Because here's the thing. These are correlative statistics that if the depression level, something that we can measure... Something that, you know, from a medical diagnosis standpoint is higher than other areas. We can measure that. Yeah, you can't diagnose happiness. But you, you can't can diagnose, diagnose depression. Yes, you can. So, you know, we have these interesting dichotomies going on. And for me, you know, I think a lot of it, again, it goes back to people's. I think it really goes back to the fact that, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable with discussing things. And and I hate that I'm saying this because. You know, it goes back to the 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 very popular. You know, people, my demographic specifically, need to be in touch with their feminine side. I think that argument is silly sometimes. Um, not in the sense that I don't think that we should have a feminine side, but in the sense that it doesn't really explain much of anything. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, it, what it's like? It, there's no metric that's viable enough, in my opinion, outside of subjective experience that could measure that. I'd be in touch with what, according to you, what what is what is that to you? Um, so. For me, I think, you know, there is a extreme level of individuals, you know, any demographic, male, female, any cultural demographic, um, because I don't, you know, any race in particular. I, I think there there is specifically in the United States an inability to want to connect with people. And I think that that ties into technology. I think that that ties into... I think an inability... Well, let, let me just clarify. I think an, inabil- an inability or unwillingness to connect with people in a real way like in a way where you could really get hurt online 
Well, uh, I can I can like your photos exactly. and you can like mine and we're all protected. Yeah, we're protected from hurting each well, other. Well, not really. You're not though because you on a, well, on a deep emotional level. How about are that? you though? Because you talk not anymore. Maybe talk, maybe ten years ago, but I so, now I feel like we've extended our emotional boundaries all the way to you didn't watch my stories because you're mad at me well no no i think uh, yes but i think also the the strangeness of there the, the the weird contradiction there is you may feel that you're super protected but if you do something against the the cult of personality which is our our large conglomerate of you know social betters you'll be ostracized and your life will be ruined whether what happened to you or what you did was true or not if we can't annihilate you physically we'll and hang you on, on the tree media. We'll make sure that your social persona on social media and on online will be which, destroyed. Which, which again, I want to emphasize to everyone listening to this, if no one cared, it wouldn't work. If we didn't give a shit about any of this, it wouldn't matter. If everyone realized, you know what, social media is really not that important and put their phones down, you know who wouldn't be able to be fired for things that uh, are opinions? Everyone. You know who wouldn't be able to have anything taken out of context? Of what they've said, everyone, like like it's so funny. Like it, you look at someone like Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, the, um, the robot. Beep, boop, beep, boop. <sighs> I am human. I am He's a Mark lizard Zuckerberg. King. He's like Robert California. Do you from, like uh... drinking oil? I mean, eating chicken nuggets. Beep boop beep boop. Like uh, he, the, I look at these people and I know that they know. They know. Maybe on a subconscious level for Jack Dorsey because I feel like he he is just a reincarnation of Rasputin. Um, but when it comes to Mark Zuckerberg, who is an AI, proven 100% fact, <laughs> uh, he knows the damage that his tech has done. He knows. You can mm-hmm. see it in his change of narrative with what his with his way of couching things in front of Congress. It's very funny. And I understand there's a lot of money to be made in these areas. I understand there's a lot of benefit when it comes to communication and being able to take photos and oh, oh it's so nice. Uh, again, none of these things matter. At what cost? Uh, humanity. Yeah. Your ability to understand that at the end of the day, you got one shot at this. And if you decide to off yourself for that shot, that's probably the worst option you could take outside of offing someone else. I mean, it, it's these are... These are things that I just, I wish we'd be able to talk about without all the, the peacocking, because mm. that's really what it is. I mean, you know, we are, we are, you know, 14th in the world when it comes to happiness. We're third in the world when it comes to depression. We are, uh, what was it? Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, it, it, we are fifth in the world. As I said a second ago, when it comes to loneliness, to loneliness, and when it comes to, um, yeah, exactly. That was the third one. When it comes to loneliness, people, ironically enough, in this country, have a desire to live away from other people, and I get that. I agree. Which is I, so crazy, right there. I mean, so I, they they don't. We're the third most populated country, mm-hmm. and we're also the one of the loneliest. Yeah, lonely, lone. I can't say that word. Lonely. Lo- Loneliest. 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 There we go. <laughs> well, and, and I can only uh, guess that that has only been exacerbated amongst, you know, all these other, all the other countries on that list. I mean, there are so um, many rabbit holes you could go down just well, off and of all that these things, fact. Well, and all these things correlate back to how people feel, mm-hmm. how people perceive themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the funniest the thing. The value they have and the person they are. Well, and the, the funniest thing about all this, and we, we were talking about this, uh, you know, the other day about certain certain things that 
people tie a lot of their own intrinsic value to meaningless things. And the popularity, the popularism of that has, as you said a little bit ago, overcorrected to a really weird area, like yeah. like with the, the, you know, beauty at any size type thing. Like there's like a pride. It's not in beauty that now. at every size. It's um, healthy at every size is well, the, that's, what the uh, term is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could, you, I, I, you get, I what, I'm get what you're saying. I mean, you got people like Tess Holiday who, I mean, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm concerned about her well-being over the next decade. And she would say, mind your own business. Exactly. Which mm-hmm. is incredibly sad because at the end of the day, things like that or any eating disorder when it comes to, you know, the, the, cause look, I, I'm on board with just look, you want to eat normally, eat normally, have your veggies, have your meat, have some snacks every once in a while. You don't need to eat 10,000 calories a day. You don't need to take performance enhancing drugs. You don't need to do all these things. You can, if you want to, but don't pretend that it's something natural because it's not. Yeah. That's why I have a lot of respect for people who, when they're taking PEDs, they come out and say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a natural bodybuilder. It takes a lot of cojones to say, but then again, no, it doesn't. You know, we should be able to openly admit these things. And it's okay openly admitting. It's, it's, uh, I, I would say it's on the same vein of um, someone admitting they got you know, plastic surgery. Yeah. Which, oh, that's fine. Great. It's it's when you it's when you take these things out of context, and like it, it's I don't know, and this is more I don't even really know if there's even an answer with any of what we're talking about. This is more of just an observation, an observational podcast with the wolf and Beowulf. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it there's really a alarming rate of individuals, in my opinion, over the last year year or two, that just think that nothing really matters and there's no rhyme or reason to anything and everything's bred out of chaos and that may be true it may be true but again whether it is or isn't doesn't mean that you have to go out of your way to inadvertently decide to harm yourself by not finding some level of help or support from others around you who are real people I think I- um or that you have to go on some sort of revenge tour against people who who knows? Maybe did you wrong? Maybe didn't. I think, yeah, no, I agree. And I think that we, I, I hate this term, but I'm about to say it. We as a society God. need to <laughs> need to somehow find that, that balance point between confidence and humility. Ego is not there. No. Pride does not exist in the boundaries. And we have, we have a lifted pride onto a pedestal. Well, it's a virtue now. And it's, it's, it's hard to see because, you know, we all suffer from it in some degree, you know, having some sort of um, maybe fake confidence, faking it till you make it or um, not showing humility and, and, and understanding that, you know, someone's going through something and in your position may not be theirs and you need to humble yourself to understand a little more where they're coming from, all sorts of things like that. And I feel like our, I'm speaking, this, this could extend past America, America's borders, but I'm just saying as an American culture, we do not value those things. When we say we value confidence it's not the kind of confidence i'm talking about i'm 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 talking about having confidence in 
uh, your abilities to have a purpose, to um, to have value, those things don't exist right now, at least on a large grand scale. Well, interestingly enough, every single one of the... And this, prep yourself, guys. We're about to mention theology, dear God. Um, every single one, in specifically Western theology, almost every single one of these instances uh, stated by St. Thomas Aquinas mm-hmm. are put on a pedestal within our our society. The seven deadly sins, pride, greed, illicit sexual desire, drunkenness or gluttony, gluttony, wrath and anger, sloth, all those things are on pedestals. And it, we wonder and we wonder why we're sad. And, um, and I would say, have we not always had them on pedestals? It's just now we can have an echo chamber oh, at our fingertips yeah, now at it's, every hour of the day. Now it's blown out of proportion. It's, it's these... I don't care what your beliefs are or not. Those things are, I think are better. Just, you could even state them as observations. Well, Seven things that society just can't. Well, seem according to, to Thomas Aquinas, over. I didn't know if you know this. I know this, but I didn't know if you know this. There are also seven virtues. Mm-hmm. First one being humility. Second one being charity. Third one being chastity. Fourth one being gratitude. Fifth one being temperance. Sixth one being patience. And the seventh being diligence. Now, we look, don't seem to hold those we don't in care high about esteem those. right now. And what's funny is if or we were ever. To, well, No, I think that there is a level of change. Well, I do. Things From, ebb and flow, well, sure. And here's the thing. It, it, you can look at this historically and say, well, you know, we've grown in some areas. We've grown in charity. We've, we're, we're yeah. the most charitable we've ever been as, as a species. We've grown mm-hmm. in um, in a lot of ways. We've, I mean, for some people, a lot of people have grown in instances of patience and diligence. I mean, we are the most hardworking, I would argue, in a lot of ways. Not, But we've also grown in something like gluttony. Exactly. Not, I'm not even just so, talking food and drink. I'm talking about just consuming. General, yeah, consuming general. products, anything. Exactly. Consumers. And again... I, the message of me bringing these things up is not to say that, you know, you have to abide by these things. Like when I, we talked about uh, when the bull and I talked about, uh, you know, Ben Franklin's, um, 13, God, was it 13 virtues? I'm pretty sure it was virtues. I listened to that one. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm yeah. So it, it, yeah, Ben Franklin's 13 virtues. Right. And, and the only reason people bring these things up and I think it is intentionally misconstrued by the party that doesn't want to listen. Um, the only reason they bring it up is because they realize that through trial and error, some of these things are only good in moderation and some of them are terrible, like in excess. Mm-hmm. And same thing, I mean, same thing with an over, over, um, false humility is a thing. You exactly. Know? So it's you like, you've course got to have... correct too exactly. hard. So, or, 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 or pretending that you're patient while, you know, you're patient when you're not. I mean, these, these are things that people, if they were to only take into into context the level that which should it should be applied much like when you're making a cake or making food there are levels of ingredients like if you put all the ingredients all ingredients all of them all of them into the cake without measuring or doing anything it's not gonna be very good and it's the same thing with life same thing with happiness same thing with sadness these things are to be felt naturally because they're all natural everyone goes through them all 14 of those things you listed they're supposed to be felt in in certain amounts and you got to be able to to moderate and temperate, uh, and, and 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 you know moderate and 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 have some self control, and that's what you know. Going back to the collective versus the individual, 
collectively, we can all be in a really good place. We can all agree with certain things. We all talk about certain things. There are certain beliefs collectively that make sense. Individually, though, when you talk about these things, in my personal opinion, the individual aspect of all them matters the most because you are you. You're, you're living in your body. It's the only body you will get according to all of our available knowledge, all of our available data, everything that we can reference outside of the ethereal aspects of philosophy and theology, which are great and fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. The thing that you have right now is you. You are you. And with anyone, anyone listening to this, if you need to hear it from me, I'm sorry you have to hear it from me. You're a valuable person. Doesn't matter if you're good at something or not. Your, your, your value is not determined on what you do and what you're good at and what you have. And here's the thing. People, well, how am I valuable? Why does that matter? You ask these questions. Why do these things matter? If you have that viewpoint in a confident way, and by confidence, I mean just accepting it, then you'll treat others the same way. That's the whole premise behind this. Mm -hmm. Be good unto others so they will be good unto you. It's the same thing. And, you know, it's we complicate these things, much like with social media, because we can. We have the luxury of being able to. We don't need to do that, though. Just because we have the luxury of something doesn't mean that we should. Like, we have the ability to eat as much food as we want to in this country. Literally. Is that to the tips of our fingertips. Um, and, and most of the people, most of, most people can afford to eat pretty decently. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like, like having fucking... I mean, you know, like, as in they don't, most stuff. people don't go hungry. Most people, there's a good portion of people that don't that go do. hungry. That do. There's a good portion that do. But most don't. With that being said, they're able you look to at eat the, something. You look at the indicators of poverty in this country, and they are immensely smaller than other countries. And so when I, I mean, I guess to wrap everything up, the way I can look at it is this, and the way I've always looked at it, as long as I can remember. Uh, growing up because uh, look I had a bad background I brought this up in a lot of instances and I'm not going to harp on it because I don't care No, nor should anyone else nor should you it's not something that needs to be thought about because it, it is in the past what's in the past should stay in the past and so when it comes to because you know if you focus on the past too much it affects your future anyway that's a whole different conversation but when it comes to you know existence in this country and existence as a human being in the western civilization or hell anywhere because we have listeners in other countries if you think of other people, or first, if you think of yourself as being valuable, having value, having worth, being um, full of purpose, being full of vibrancy, being full of energy, all of these things, all of these positive, quote unquote, because there are variances, all of these positive things, then the likelihood is you'll think about that and push it onto other people. And not to say that we shouldn't, you know, have our skepticisms and, and be critical and hold the people accountable and, and not, you know, and not that we should, I'm definitely not saying we should trust everybody. What I am saying though, is it's always good to be grounded in yourself. Remove your ego. You don't need it. There's no reason to have one because it, it's a vice engaging in something like that and playing in your ego is a vice. Remove that to the extent of where you can see past it to the people around you. Because that's when you'll start to realize that your sadness, your happiness, your anger in the broad scheme of things is not as big as it seems. And that's where you start to find grounding in the life that you're living. Because if you don't, if you don't realize these things, you get wrapped up in the nonsense. You care about why people aren't liking your photos. You care about why people aren't reaching out to you. Reach out to them. Be proactive. 
you won't you won't you won't regret doing those things. You won't regret understanding that you know the the problems in your life are not as big as they seem. I mean, there's really nothing else I can say because it's. I know people go through things. I'm not saying you can't feel the emotions you feel. I'm not saying that we can't have the problems that we have. I'm saying that there is a point in time where, as anyone listening to this, adult or child, that sometimes it's just good to let things be as they are and find happiness in the silver lining. Because the... the I guess I can finish it with a, with with one of the stories from the, the Bible because I, I grew up you know Christian. One of the things that that really struck out to me, mm-hmm. and this ties back, um, in a lot of ways, this ties back into, I guess, how I look at a lot of instances because as you know, some people may know, some people may not know. You know, we Beowulf and I have family that are, are different than others. Mm-hmm. We understand the the minutia of being so different that no one can relate to you. We understand that. We see it very frequently the good samaritan is a played out story everyone talks about the good samaritan when i when i I remember specifically everyone talked about it you know utilize it as the way of of being nice to people and seeing other people and yes there's a lot of that there you know you, you, you a bunch of people story goes high level there was someone who you know who was injured or you know who was robbed or in some instances you know they may have been sick the whole idea behind this is he was on the side of the road and people passed him and didn't pay attention to him, didn't notice him. And he was dying. He was, you know, or suffering from some ailment. People passed him and didn't see him. And then someone who he didn't know, who was from a different, you know, demographic or culture from him, um, helped him, brought him to an inn, paid for his food, paid for him for a place to stay, and left. Didn't ask for anything. And everyone says, wow, it's such a nice thing. Such a nice thing to... To, to hear about, it's so good to see, we should all be like that. And I think that's true, we should. But I think the difference here, and what struck out to me, is that what was different between the Samaritan and everyone who passed and did the same thing, is that the Samaritan was aware that the person on the side of the road could have been him. That's what's the difference for me. He was on a different track than everyone else. And the track wasn't that complicated. You notice people. You notice that someone is of lesser fortune than you. We're in such a wealthy country, yet we're all depressed. We're all medicated. But be it through social media, nonsense, a world that doesn't exist, to pretend that our problems don't exist. When we don't even focus on the issues that could be solved, that could be solved, if we actually collectively got together, and got over our differences, pushed aside the petty, stupid arguments that people use for clout and and baiting of any sort, we could solve things that matter. And and it's it baffles me that this is missed on people, that people miss this from that story. Because that's what I focus on the most. Doing nice things for people because you want a slap on the back is not nice. It doesn't that, That's not being nice. Doing something for someone that no one notices is when it, when it matters. Seeing people that are otherwise forgotten is when it matters. That's what matters. Recognizing that your problems are problems and that you need help, you should ask for it. You should go find help because you can't help anyone else if you don't help yourself, right? Doing that is one thing, but then that plays into the overall effect of everyone around you. If you are somewhat put together, you can be a resource for other people. If you're not put together, you can't help yourself and you can't help others. And that comes from every aspect. 
So I guess the, the thing I can leave the listeners, any listeners on this, is it, again, as I said a little bit ago, find value within yourself. It can be whatever it is. And if you don't think there's value, ask other people. And if they don't give you anything, make something up. It's not that hard. You live your life. You can live whatever life you want to. You can live, think about anything that you want to think about it within context of not harming other people. You can do what you want to do. Everyone is capable to an extent of living the life that they want to. So rather than being the saddest person in the room or lamenting about problems that are out of your control or focusing on issues that don't matter, put it all aside. You'll find yourself immensely happier. You will realize that by doing that, realizing, you know what, I have my flaws, I have my problems, I'm gonna work on some of them and try and get over them, but I am who I am and I am human. I'm not some sort of super, you know, super God. You know, take yourself off the pedestal, remove your pride, you'll be a happier person. Hey everyone, this is The Wolf speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of The Wolf and Bull Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build the Wolf and Bull cult. I mean, uh, the Wolf and Bull family. We can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first. But make sure to enjoy your day. But don't forget to leave us a review. Okay, bye.